Good morning. Thank you to our worship team for leading us in worship this morning. You know, in the era of social distancing, I know many of us have been watching television and watching YouTube more uh, lately than we normally would. And I know, I, I know I've been going back on YouTube particularly, and I've been watching some things on ESPN and some of the ESPN channels, some of the old uh, NBA classic games and classic NFL games, and I've been watching some Hall of Fame speeches and ceremonies, and it's been really cool to watch some of that stuff. And one of the things that I was reminded of is that uh, over the years as I have watched these Hall of Fame speeches or I have seen on television someone accept an award like the Heisman Trophy or the MVP or they receive a championship trophy of, of some kind, they always have a few words to say and they always, almost always, almost all of them will thank God and then they will thank Mama. You see, the truth is, is that moms are important. See, God has blessed us with moms. Uh, I don't know how many of you have, uh, have been able to watch the documentary, which is about Michael Jordan and the, uh, the Chicago Bulls teams of the 1990s and all these championships they won, all of these things. Uh, as, a, as someone who was a teenager in the 90s and someone who was a fan of the, of the Bulls of the 1990s, I can tell you I've been watching uh, the documentary. Now, I will tell you that uh, when I first watched it, the first episode I watched, I watched on the channel and I had to turn that off. That was a little bit too much for me. Uh, but I found, praise God, I found that if you watch it on the app, uh, that, uh, that you can watch it. There's a censored version of it. So that was a lot, a lot better for me. But as I watched that, that censored version of it, uh, one of the early episodes really s stood out to me because here's an episode of, of Michael Jordan, this Hall of Fame basketball player, many considered to be the greatest basketball player of, of all time, writing a letter home to his mama. And he's writing this letter to her because he needs her to deposit some money in his account. And he also is asking her to send him some more stamps, of course, so he could write home and, and write back to her. Why would he need those stamps to write to her? Well, because mama is important. and She was important to him. She had a tremendous impact on his life. Most of us watching today have had a mom in our lives or a mom figure. Maybe your biological mother uh, did not raise you, but there are women that God has put in your path that are mom figures in your life. And you know, if you have a mom figure in your life, you know and you understand that moms are important. And we thank God for moms today. We thank God that he has given us uh, these women to invest in us. And, and as we celebrate moms today, as we thank God for them today, I think it's very important for us to ask as believers, as Christians, what does it look like to be a, 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 a mom who is a good mom in the eyes of God? 
In the book of Hebrews in chapter 11, we're reminded of many people throughout Scripture who actively demonstrated their faith in God in their lives. Over and over again, the author of the book of Hebrews uses this phrase. He says, by faith, by faith, by faith Enoch, by faith Noah, by faith Abraham. And so many people call Hebrews 11 the hall of faith. And in that hall of faith, in verse 23, uh, it references a woman who's identified in other parts of Scripture to be named Jochebed or Jochebed. And it says of her in Hebrews 11:23, by faith, after Moses was born, he was hidden by his parents for three months. So this morning as we celebrate moms, I want to take a look at the account that the author of Hebrews is referencing. He just references it with one verse, but we're going to see uh, a, a passage of several verses that is going to explain this account that the author of Hebrews is talking about. And so we're going to be in Exodus chapter 2, and we're going to read verses one through 10, and we're going to just read a couple verses and stop and talk about it and read another couple verses and stop and talk about it. So we'll, we'll read this in pieces, which is a little different than what we would normally do on a Sunday morning. But, but this morning, as we celebrate moms, I, I want to see what it looks like to be what we would consider in Christianity to be a hall of faith Mom, what does it look like to be a mom that is mentioned in Scripture, in the part of Scripture that we call the Hall of Faith? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time together here this morning. And God, I pray that you would help us to understand, Father, what it means to to have a Hall of Faith mom, what it looks like to be a Hall of Faith mom so that we can better understand what it, what it means for all of us to be Hall of Faith type of disciples in Christ. And so, Father, we pray that you would be glorified in here today. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're in Exodus chapter 2. If, if you don't know where that is, Genesis is the very first book in the Bible. And then Exodus is the next, next book. So we're in Exodus chapter 2. As we talk about this Hall of Faith mom, I want to look at the first two verses. It says this. It says, Now a man from the family of Levi married a Levite woman. The woman became pregnant and gave birth to a son. And when she saw that he was beautiful... She hid him for three months. You see, the first thing that we see about a Hall of Faith mom is that a Hall of Faith mom is, number one, she's resilient. She's resilient. You have to understand the context of, 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 of the culture in which Moses was born into. His mother, Jochebed, was a Hebrew woman living in Egypt during a time when it was very difficult to be a Jew. You see, when the Jews first came to Egypt, the, they were treated very good because they were people of Joseph and Joseph was was second in charge of Egypt in those days but many years 
And many generations had passed since the time of Joseph. And there was a new sheriff in town, except he wasn't a sheriff. He was the king. There was a new Pharaoh that did not know or care one thing about Joseph. So Pharaoh and his advisors saw the Jews as potential threats to, the, to their power structure there in, in Egypt. There were more Jews than there were Egyptians and the Jewish women were very fertile and they were, uh, they were, they were producing so many children. The birth rate of the, of the Jewish people was so high that the Egyptian officials feared that they may one day rise up against them and revolt against them, try to overtake them, or, or maybe they would continue to increase in such population. Of, like I said, there, was, there were more Jews in that day than there were Egyptians, and so, so there was the, the threat of a revolt. But also, what if these Egyptians, uh, what if these, these Hebrews, these Jews, packed up and left Egypt, joined forces with, with one of the enemy kings and kingdoms, and it led to Egypt's defeat. And so in response to this threat, the, the Egyptian officials had decided to enslave the Jewish people. They enslaved them through forced labor. They forced them to, uh, to, to, to build, to serve, uh, they, were, they were very horribly mistreated in those days. So Jochebed, she, she, she lived in captivity. She was living in a culture where not only did she have certain persecutions for being a female, there were certain things, certain, uh, certain things in the culture that she was not allowed to do, certain privileges she was not allowed to have. But on top of that, Top of being a female, she was also persecuted for her ethnicity. And because she was a Jew, she lived as a slave. By this time, she already had two sons, Aaron, uh, a boy, and then a daughter, Miriam. And around the time, Jochebed learns that she is pregnant she realizes that she is expecting. It, around that time is when the king of Egypt uh, had given an order to the Egyptian midwives. You see that in, in Exodus chapter 1. You can go back and look at that later if you would like. But he gives an order, a directive to the midwives. The midwives are the, are, are the women who would help to assist in the delivery of the baby to help make it as safe and sanitary as possible to take care of the baby and the mom. And so the king of Egypt had issued a decree uh, to, uh, to make sure that if these midwives delivered a Hebrew boy, a baby boy, a Jewish boy, that they were to take that baby and throw it into the Nile River, which would... Uh, which would ensure his death, the death of that child. At least it would in theory. So here she is a slave. She's a mother of two young children already. Who These children of which have seemingly have no future whatsoever. They are children of slaves. At this time it seems, it seems that they're destined to be slaves. No hopes of, of learning a trade. No hopes of getting an education. They are all living in bondage. And then she finds out that she's pregnant. And should her baby turn out to be a boy, he would be an enemy of the state. 
and could be executed upon birth. See, this Hall Faith mom was resilient. So what does that mean to be resilient? A resilient person is a person who bounces back. It's a person who, who bounces back under pressure. Maybe they bend under pressure, but they don't, they don't break. The truth is, is that most of us will never face the kind of conditions and the kind of adversity that Jochebed faced in her life. But that does not mean that, that moms today do not need to be resilient. Because even though we live in the greatest country on this earth, and I believe that we do, still yet every day, moms all over the nation are facing major obstacles. I mean, if nothing else, if you have a blessed life and, and, and all your needs are taken care of, if nothing else, if you're a mom of a young child, let me tell you something, I can guarantee that you are exhausted. I cannot imagine how it is for some of the moms that are out there today that are raising kids on their own. They've had a husband that's walked out on them and abandoned them. Some have had plans of getting married to someone and they get dumped before they get to the altar and they're dealing with all of those, uh, all of that baggage and working through all of those feelings. Even worse, some of them have had healthy relationships and gotten married and had children, have had a husband that has passed away. And for whatever the reason, there are moms out there today on their own trying to figure out how am I going to raise my kids? How am I going to pay the bills? You know, how am I going to put food on the table? How am I going to keep clothes on their backs? Listen, folks, if you're going to be a Hall of Faith mom, that's not going to mean that life is going to be easy. You got to realize that for believers in Christ, life is not going to be easy. There's going to be days. That it's just a matter that day, one day at a time. It's just a matter on, on some days of just getting through the day with your sanity. But listen, a Hall of Faith mom is one that is resilient. Jochebed faced a lot of issues in her life as a Hebrew slave. She had faced a lot of difficulties in delivering this baby who we know today as Moses. She had to be resilient. But a Hall of Faith mom also needs to be discerning. She is discerning. Look at verse 2 again. It says, when she saw that he, talking about the baby, was beautiful, she hid him for three months. Now, the word that's translated here in the Christian standard or the Holman Christian standard that's translated as, as beautiful is translated other places, such as the King James translates this word as goodly. What that means is that Jochebed's baby was special. She saw that he had a special calling of God. And listen, I know, I get it. Every mama that looks at their baby, looks at their baby, and, and for the first time, she sees something special in that baby because that's her baby, right? She has dreams for that baby. She has dreams for all of her children. But, but listen, Jochebed and her husband, they looked at Moses and they sensed from God that this boy was special, See, she was discerning. They were discerning. Uh, she, a, a discerning person means that, that you 
practice good judgment. Okay, uh, if you uh, if you've been watching that that show, The Last Dance, one of the things that, that stuck out, stuck out to me as well as so I was watching that is that uh, uh, Michael Jordan, who's this this global sort of entity today. Uh, was being approached by a company at that time. They wanted him to be a, a sponsor for them and, and uh, they wanted him to represent them and their new brand. They were a relatively small company at the time, a shoe company, considered in those days to be uh, certainly not one of the premium brand of shoes. And, and he was not very excited about this particular opportunity, but it was his, he says, it was my mama. And, and understand, he's an adult at this time. He says, this is my mom that made me get on the plane and go hear them out. And because of that particular interaction and, and that, that deal that he went to, to hear about, it was his parents that, that advised him, son, uh, you, 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 you'd be crazy not to take this deal. You see, that deal led to another deal that led to another deal and, and is still earning him money today. And uh, since that first meeting where his mama made him go and hear him out, uh, Michael Jordan has made a billion dollars with that particular company. Uh, you, you see, see, adults, okay, men and women out there, listen, even though we're all grown up, teenagers, even though you, you've sort of figured a lot of things out, we still need to listen to the advice. It doesn't mean you're always going to take the advice, but listen, you still need to consider what mom and dad has to say, God has put them in your uh, in your life for a reason. You see, we we see that documentary, and we see Mama gave you know pretty good financial advice to her son. Then she was a Hall of Fame mom, right? But we're trying to figure out what does a Hall of Faith mom look like. And a Hall of Faith mom may give you lucrative advice. She may not. I'm not really sure. But I will tell you that a Hall of Faith mom is always going to strive to give you godly advice. Godly advice. You say, well, how do you do that? Well, a Hall of Faith mom needs to be close to the heart of God. Listen. Raising kids is a tremendous blessing, but it is a challenge at times. They don't really come with owner's manuals. You know, you don't, you don't get one. You don't get a, a manual for each model of child or each gender or, or each age. You know, you're going to deal with one kid sometimes differently than you deal with another. You deal with your children differently depending on their different stages in life. And listen, it can be very, very confusing to be a discerning parent in this world. There's times with your kids when you need to tear into them because they did something really dumb and they need to know that was dumb. There are times when you just need to back off. Let them grow from that experience. There's times when they need words of wisdom. There's times when what they really need is compassion and understanding. There, there's time when, when what they really need is, is unyielding, tough love. But how do you know? How do you know when to respond, which way, at what time? 
the best thing you can do is get close to the heart of God. Draw close to God and allow the Holy Spirit to lead you. Jochebed saw something special in Moses. It's not just that she said, my baby is beautiful. He is a gift from God because children are a gift for God, from God. But because she was close, she and her husband, close to the heart of God, they understood that God had a very special purpose for this baby. 1 Corinthians 2, Paul tells believers in Corinth, he says, but the person without the Spirit does not receive what comes from God's Spirit because it is foolishness to him. He is not able to understand it since he, it is evaluated spiritually. Listen, listen, you cannot, uh, you cannot be all things to all people. You're, you, can't, you can't meet everybody's needs perfectly all the time. But here's the deal. God can. God can. God is the answer. And so moms and dads, whoever you are, uh, when, if you will draw near to the heart of God and you will seek to listen and be sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit of God, then he will lead you. And he will, he, he, he will use you to, to meet those needs. It won't be you meeting the needs. It's God meeting the needs through you. He is perfect. And he is able. So how could I discern how to react with my, you know, to my kids and how to raise my kids? Read the word. Spend time praying. Be involved in the church do the things that God has told you to do, the things you know to do, and be ready to respond as God leads you to do other things. Just trust God, and He will teach you how to discern. See, a Hall of Faith mom is resilient. She's discerning. Another thing we see about Jochebed here is that she protects her family. Let's look verses 3 and 4. It says, but when she could no longer hide him, she got a, a papyrus basket for him and coated it with asphalt and pitch. She placed the child in it and set it among the reeds by the bank of the Nile. Then his sister stood at a distance in order to see what would happen to him. See, Jochebed was able to keep her pregnancy under wraps. She was able to keep the birth of Moses quiet. She was able to not draw attention to herself, especially when the baby was newly born. He's sleeping a lot, but you know what happens with babies is they get a little older, they get a little louder. And so uh, they, they start to open their eyes. They, they start to be a little more sensitive. They start crying more when they're hungry or when they need something. And so uh, so more and more noise was coming out of the boy. And so she decided to hide him in the reeds of the Nile River where he could be hid. He was kind of in the water, but hid by the, by, by the weeds that were coming up out of the water. And of course, the sound of the, the river running close by 
would delude the sounds of his cry, which would help to protect him. See, she needed something to hide him in. She couldn't just float him there. He didn't know how to swim. Wasn't old enough for that. So, so she made him a basket. And, and, and the word that's translated as basket here is the same word in other passages that's used to describe the ark of Noah. Some of your translations may even say that she placed him in an ark. An ark is... An ark doesn't have to be something that's huge. When you hear ark, typically you think of Noah's ark, the big, huge boat. You know, you can go see the ark exhibit out uh, in Kentucky, I think it is. Uh, and, and, you know, you think about that big, huge thing, or you might think about the, the, the chest that, that they would carry, the ark of the covenant. Some of you will think about that, but most of you don't think about an ark as being something like a basket, but it can be because an ark in, of a, in and of itself is something that is designed to protect and to deliver. See, Jacobin wanted to protect her boy. Some commentators say that initially, Jochebed did not, did not really have in mind to give him up, that maybe she was just trying to buy some time and keep him safe without putting the rest of the family in danger. And maybe she would come from time to time and nurse him and comfort him and make sure he had whatever he needed. Of course, we see that, that his sister Miriam was nearby where she could see the baby and um, so, so, so Whatever was going on, maybe, um, uh, maybe she didn't have in, in, in mind for somebody to find him. Some people debate that. However it happened, we see and we know, we understand that she was trying to protect that boy. But she had no idea. She had no idea what God was up to. She had, she had no idea what God was about to do when she hid that baby. She just knew in that moment, she just knew I've got to protect my child. I can't put my family in danger, but I can't let this boy uh, be in danger either. And so I've got to find a way to protect this boy. That's what mamas do. Listen, they protect their children. It's one of the things that moms and dads are called to do to protect your kids. Sometimes as they get older and, and they, they get to, to be adults and they have kids of their own, sometimes it's hard for us to let go of that. And, and, and Because we always, till the day we draw our last breath, we want to protect our kids. See, a long time ago uh, uh, in the United Kingdom, there was a young mother who was making her way across the hills of South Wales and she was she was walking she was on foot with uh, with her baby and this was a day before you know the accurate and up-to-date weather uh, alerts and forecasts and updates and all this all these things and she was on on a journey on foot across South of Wales and on her journey she came upon a a, a very uh, a very severe blizzard a blinding blizzard sort of overtook the mom and her son, and she never reached her destination. And so, of course, when they realized she was missing, a rescue team was sent out, and a search and rescue team found her lifeless body, and as they rolled her over, and they began to examine her, and they uh, moved her arm, and she was bundled up in a lot of clothes, and they were... Uh, trying to uh, 
obviously do what they would do as they investigate a scene and they unbuttoned a piece of clothing and they, they, they noticed there was something uh, on, you know, on her and, and as they unwrapped this piece of clothing and that piece of clothing and then a scarf wrapped up in all of her clothes, everything she had, pressed up against her body, protected from the storm, was a healthy, beautiful baby boy. He was alive and he was well. And this, this baby boy grew up to be the prime minister of Britain during World War I and became a, a very important statesman in England's history. You see, people will go to great lengths to protect their family. And a Hall of Faith mom is one who is resilient, one who is discerning, one who protects. And lastly, a Hall of Faith mom is one who is faithful. I want to finish this passage out. I know we've just hit the first four verses. I want to start in verse 5 and read down to verse 10. Pharaoh's daughter went down to bathe at the Nile while her servant girls walked along the riverbank. Seeing the basket among the reeds, she sent her slave girl to get it. When she opened it, she saw the child, a little boy, crying. She felt sorry for him and said, This is one of the Hebrew boys. Then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, Should I go call a woman from the Hebrews to nurse the boy for you? Go, Pharaoh's daughter told her. So the girl went and called the boy's mother. Then Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this child and nurse him for me, and I will pay your wages. So the woman took the boy and nursed him. And when the child grew older, she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. She named him Moses because she said, I drew him out of the water. You see, Jochebed had faith in God. She discerned, and I believe she was discerning because of the blessing of the Holy Spirit in her life, that God had sent the Holy Spirit to, to, to lead her. See, she and her husband, they sensed that God had a special plan for Moses. And so that put them between a rock and a hard place. They believed that God had this plan, but they did not want the rest of the family to be, to be in danger because they kept the baby. And step by step, God led them. And they had no idea what God was up to. They had no idea that what would happen for the first three months of the baby's life as they hit him. And because they were faithful to the plan of God, it, it, by faith it says that, that, they, that they hid him. And it was by faith that, that Jochebed weaved the basket, the, the ark, the, the vessel of delivery, the vessel of protection to protect the baby boy. And, and by faith, she put him in the, the reeds of the river to comply with the instructions of the government. Can you imagine how completely terrifying that must have been for that family and for that mama to put her baby out in the river like that. Can, can you imagine the anguish that she must have been going through? What if somebody finds him? What if they kill him? What if they hurt him? What if they abuse him? What if they find out that he belongs to us and they come hurt my other children? All she could do was trust God. All she could do was believe 
God and be faithful to the things that God had told her to do in that moment. Michael W. Smith has a song that's been on the radio a lot lately. It's a worship song that a lot of churches and congregations all over the world have begun to pick up and sing. Maybe you've heard it. It's a, it's a song that's a, it's a praise and a prayer to God. And the chorus says about God, it says, Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. Love that course because we serve a God that is a way maker, a miracle worker, a promise keeper, a light in the darkness. That is who our God is. But probably my favorite part in the song is probably the simplest part. At the end of the song, there's a bridge where they just start repeating some phrases. They say, even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. Listen, friends, we don't always know. We can't always see how God is working in our lives. But I want you to understand, He is working. And in life, you're going to face difficulties. You're going to face things and things are going to happen that you're going to think, I'm never going to get through this. But you have to understand that if you're a disciple of Christ, if you are trusting in God, He is working. And a Hall of Faith mom needs to have faith in God. And because of that faith, it should cause her to be faithful to God. See, Jochebed had no idea what God was doing behind the scenes. For, because for some reason, and nobody really knows why, Pharaoh's daughter, the princess of Egypt, went down to the River Nile to bathe. Now, when we read that, that probably doesn't stand out to, to a lot of people. But if you knew that, that in the day of Pharaoh, that all the pharaohs and all the kings had their own bathhouses for their family you would understand the randomness. You, can, you would understand the, what, what seems to be the randomness of her little excursion to bathe in the Nile River. Now, we know it wasn't random at all. It was part of God's plan. But, but there's no way that Jochebed and her husband could have, could have imagined that something like that would happen. She was not aware that behind the scenes, God was supernaturally working to bring about his plan for her little baby boy. See, when the princess found the baby, she knew that he was a Hebrew. She knew that Pharaoh wanted him dead. And at that moment, as she recognizes this baby, oh, there's a baby. Oh, it's a Hebrew baby. In the back of her mind, she's probably instantly thinking, what am I going to do? And then he cries. A little baby cry. And even as a pagan princess, see, the princess of Egypt, she was not a, a godly person. She was not a worshiper of the God of Abraham and the God of Jacob. Okay, that's not who she was. She was a pagan princess. But even, the, even her heart went out to that little boy. And she could not bring herself to harm this little boy. Instead, she hires a woman 
who unbeknownst to the princess is actually the little boy's birth mother and hires the birth mother to nurse the child and to be his caregiver in his early years. Behind the scenes, God was arranging a way for, for, for the mother of Moses to train him in his early years and not only be able to have that blessing, but she got paid for it. Let me tell you something, mamas ought to get paid. I'm just telling you right now. Here's this woman, Jochebed, she's being blessed. I believe that this is part of God's blessing to her because of her faith in God and her faithfulness to God. Here she is being able to be a part of his life. And here he is safe. And when he was old enough, she turns him over to the princess and he himself will be raised in the palace of Pharaoh as a prince of Egypt. And now here's this baby boy who was defenseless. And now because he is a member of the royal household, he is highly protected. The same baby that everyone was commanded to kill was the same young boy who everyone was commanded now to bow down to. Being raised in the royal household, Moses was an heir to the throne. And so he was instructed in geography and history and grammar and writing and literature and philosophy and music. Josephus, the historian, tells us that, that Moses led an Egyptian army to victory in the battlefield against the Ethiopians. You see, even when you don't see it, God is working. And here's Jochebed, this hall of faith mama who gives birth to Moses, protects him. She's discerning. She's resilient. She's faithful to God. And not only does Moses grow up to be the, the leader who liberates the Jewish people from the bondage of Egypt, but Jochebed's oldest son Aaron becomes the first priest of this new nation and of a new faith. Miriam is, is a trusted advisor both to Moses and to Aaron, and she is a leader and a role model and an influence on the Hebrew women as well. Here's Jochebed, this hall of faith mama. She was resilient because she was grounded in her faith. She's discerning because she spent time with God. She felt and sensed an obligation to protect her family in a way that would also honor God. And she was faithful to God's leadership. And this Hall of Faith mom is a great example to us all of what it means to be not only a Hall of Faith mom, but to be a Hall of Faith disciple as well. Let's pray.